0: Being ignorant and arrogant can cost you so much when it comes to your mental health issues. You might think medication and doctors are the ones who are going to save you, but it's actually you and Allah. Hey, assalamu alaikum guys. Welcome to the Mentally Fit Muslims podcast. I'm your host, Saba Malik. So this week is part three of the series I'm doing this season. The first episode was on blame and shame. This episode is on ignorance, arrogance, and awareness. Now stay tuned till the second part to hear my interview with a really good friend of mine, Naz. She's from the UK, in London, UK, and she talks about her experience with her father having schizophrenia. And This time I'm trying something different which is I'm recording myself as I'm doing my podcast episode So for people on YouTube uh, If you're on YouTube and you're more of a visual you can watch this video And this is like the third time I'm doing it because the first time I forgot to turn on the camera And then I turned on the camera But then the second time I forgot to turn on my mic So hopefully both are on Yes, the camera's on and the mic is recording in my last episode i talked about uh, blaming and shaming and how that can stop someone from getting help and you know today i just want to be kind of candid uh candid which is i'm trying to put myself back like over 10 years ago maybe even 15 years ago when i first got bipolar and um you know Some people say, like, why can't you just let go of it or forget about it? Something that traumatic, I can't. I cannot forget about it. So the best I can do is change my perspective on it and see what I can learn from it. And the funny thing is that each time that memory comes again, and it does, it's a very regular thing. You never really forget a traumatic event like that. So when the memory comes again, I ask myself, okay, it's coming back again. I'm, I'm thinking of that time again. Okay. Why is my mind remembering that? Yes. Sometimes it's just like a fleeting moment. It passes, but other times I look into it and see, okay, what can I learn from it this time? And when I look at it from a learning point of view, when I say, okay, what is the lesson it's trying to teach me this time? What's the message it's trying to send me? Once I pick up on the message, that emotional charge, that power it has over me, it drops. Okay. So imagine you're looking on your phone, right? You're on the lock screen and you get a notification, you get a text, you get a text from someone and that notification, that text, and that notification, it'll keep showing up on your lock screen. Once you open the phone and you read that text message, then that notification goes away because you got the message, right? It's purpose was served so that that banner, or that notification is gone. I find that for me, it's the same thing with a painful memory. Anytime I remember that time in my uh, in that time in my life when I got bipolar, and even me talking right now, like I keep talking about when I got bipolar, when I got bipolar, and sometimes I think like, why am I making it a big deal? Like, am I trying to seek attention from it, or why can't I just let go and? then I think, is there a purpose? Is it serving me? And is that why I can't let it go? And the answer is yes, it is serving me, but not in a bad way. It used to serve me in a bad way, but now I've learned to kind of suck the juice out of it. And the juice is that every time it comes to me, that memory, I ask myself, What is the lesson that this memory is trying to teach me that when I learn that lesson, that painful uh, emotional charge will go away? I I won't feel like that thought that memory is overpowering me and it's taking over me. So I asked myself, what is the lesson? And of course, recently that event came up again. So what did I do? I told myself, okay, I'll just turn into a podcast episode and see what new lesson it's trying to teach me. So now I have the viewpoint that if I'm going to remember something from the past, it is only a place of reflection. It's not a place where you live. You live in the present, but if you do go in the past, just learn from it, use it as a place of reflection and move on. So this time when Mr. Bipolar came back again, I asked him, okay, what am I supposed to learn this time? What are you trying to teach me? And it's a really good teacher. And this time I learned that because I did not even know the word bipolar or a mental disorder or anything like a mental illness, it cost me so much. It cost me energy, it cost me time, it cost me relationships, it cost me my health. It it basically destroyed so many areas in my life. And what I want for you is... Even just to learn the term bipolar or to learn that there's such a thing as mental health challenges, for you to learn that there is stigma and there's misconceptions about it, for you just to learn that, I know, inshallah, it can save you a lot, a lot of pain. So I guess this video or this podcast um, episode is kind of like a message to my past self that when i first was hit with this storm if i had stumbled on a video like this or if somehow i clicked on this episode and i was listening and i learned that yeah there's such a thing as bipolar or mood disorders or feeling depressed and that having this condition is okay it doesn't mean you're dumb it doesn't mean that you're not good enough it doesn't mean that you're to blame it's just a thing that exists So I guess that's the purpose of this video is just to let you know that there are mental health conditions. Now, what's the problem surrounding it? I find there's two problems. There's one problem of ignorance and there's another problem of arrogance. So when it comes to ignorance, that's just pure that you have no idea what the term is, right? You don't know that there's anxiety or depression and that they could be, or they are legitimate, um, brain health conditions that's one side the other side is arrogance which is you know they exist but you think i couldn't possibly have it right like how could i be sick i'm i'm just so intelligent and i'm you know it's it's just like a big knock on your ego so you can't even accept that you have this condition and this concept of ignorance and arrogance is so interesting because the way i learned it is when i was Listening to a lecture on Surah fatiha the Tafsir of Surah fatiha So when the teacher came to the ayah, Oh Allah, guide us to the straight path. And what is the straight path? الذين عليهم عليهم So every time we pray, we make that dua. So the dua is guide us to the path of those who have earned your favor right not the path of those who pray not the path of those who wear hijab or who eat halal or who go to the masjid but the people who you are happy with and that's interesting because it's not focused on a certain worship but it's focused on company so we're asking for guidance and we're asking Allah guide us to the company the people who you love because who you hang out with makes a huge difference on your life, on how you handle yourself, on how you handle your life problem. So this is what I wish that the old Saba had. You know, this kind of company, even if it was a podcast episode, a YouTube video, but I wish I had this kind of company back then. So I'm hoping maybe this will provide you with that. Something that I didn't have that I wish I had. Anyways, back to the ayah. So after we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for help and we ask him to guide us on the path of people who he likes, he has showered them with his blessings, then we ask for not the path of those who have gone astray or the path of those who have earned your anger. So, so Now, within the understanding of that ayah, there's two types of people one one group goes back to that ignorance they don't know they've forgotten they have no clue they're basically in the dark, and then there's other people who do know, but they continue to commit that wrong and that's the that's the thing that we have to really watch out when it comes to when it comes to mental health conditions. maybe in a family, you know somebody gets sick. And no one in the family has any idea what's going on with their loved one. They don't even know who to turn to, what to even call it, how to even start talking about it. So in my case, you know, maybe you are the loved one. um, Maybe you're the person who's going through it. Or maybe it's your sister, maybe it's your brother and you're just seeing them spiraling like out of control. So now with this, just me talking to you, I hope it lets you know that what you're going through is real. It exists. It's not made up. It's not a fault of yours. It's not a punishment. It's just another condition that you have to deal with. And I find the arrogance part usually comes from people from the outside. It is stemmed in ignorance. They don't know about this They don't know there's such a thing as bipolar. They just think the person's doing it on purpose and they kind of take the quote unquote like higher road that you know what I know better and you're just someone who's dumb and it's funny I'm, I'm trying to talk to you about it but there's so many people and comments that keep coming in my mind because of all just all the garbage and nonsense I heard. And the sad part is that how many years I let that garbage enter in my mind, into my life. You know, take uh, if you're a YouTuber or you're on social media and maybe you have a project or even if you don't, if you just have a personal account, you probably know about internet trolls, right? or cyberbullying or just getting a very hateful comment even you know from kind of an acquaintance on your on your social media and then you have to block them or anything like that so i went through that but not on social media in real life right in my own community the sad thing is i let it enter my heart i let it enter my mind and it took a lot of work a lot of painful work Uh, a lot of life coaching, a lot of therapy, just a lot of money, you know, just to get myself out of that, out of that lifestyle. You could say a very, very toxic lifestyle. And uh, you might know that I started blogging. And then the funny thing is that I started off with a blog and it was called morning wind because my name Sabah means the morning wind. And I had to shut it down because I got threatened I got this big you could say a stalker online and because of that I didn't feel safe I felt like I opened up too much I was too vulnerable and because of that I had to like shut it down and not let anybody know that I have bipolar and that um, you know these are all the things that I go through and then i got married alhamdulillah and my husband encouraged me to start again he said this is a very much needed thing you need to do this you need to do this so i said okay and i started uh, muslim bipolar and the thing is it, it it went well for a little bit and then i had to close it again and this time not because of a stalker but because i had a child and it was very hard to take care of her and I couldn't be open about my mental health condition because I felt like if I was, it would jeopardize her safety. Like health professionals or childcare services, they could question that how is this person, you know, talking about suicide and depression and yet she has such a young child. How can she possibly be fit to take care of that child? Now Alhamdulillah, my daughter's older so now i'm getting back into this This it's the third time i'm starting and this time i i chose my real name sabamalik.com and i started this podcast mentally fit muslims i wanted to call it mentally ill muslims but i'm like why why would i focus on the ill part let me just focus on fit so it's a big big paradigm shift for me now this goes back to the ignorance and arrogance i was talking about this episode is getting kind of long so i'm going to try to wrap it up I like to keep it under 30 minutes, uh, max 30 minutes, 20 to 30 minutes. So anyways, when I, you know, the first time I closed my project, Morning Wind, and then the second time, Muslim Bipolar, and then now it's the third time, and inshallah, this will stay open, inshallah, by the will of Allah. I realized it was the ignorance um, that got the better of me, and even a bit of the arrogance. I kind of found that once the blog served me once i got support once i got a voice once i felt heard i felt like i didn't need to do it anymore and once i kind of not overcame but i kind of learned to manage my struggles and then this third time i i need support but not as much as i needed in the beginning so i keep thinking what's the need what's the need right And then I have to keep thinking about my past self. That there's a lot of people who are still living like my past self. And there's times I fall into that past self too. So doing these episodes, it's a reminder that anytime I could go into a bipolar episode. And I have to be on my feet. I have to be alert. And before it was a very kind of anxiety inducing alert. And now it's more like, okay, I kind of have to be vigilant that if there's a trigger, if I feel myself going up or down, I have to pull back or I have to scale up, there's a lot of adjustment. And Alhamdulillah, I've come to the point where I can make those adjustments myself without having to, you know, go to the hospital or call like 911. So I know I need to have courage and not focus too much on, um, actually not focus at all on being perfect and opening myself up to the point that I connect with you and let you know that I'm struggling without um oversharing cuz being vulnerable is not about oversharing and spilling everything it's about sharing certain things with certain people so i feel like with you i'm going to share things from my bipolar life from my mental illness life so that You can feel hurt. I'm not here to cure you. I'm not here to tell you that, you know what? I found the light and you guys can, you can come there too. And this is the end and I know everything. I don't, I don't. I have not found the light. I don't, I don't really think there is a light at the end of the tunnel. Because I find this whole life is a tunnel. And you meet people who kind of give you a a little light, right? A little beam of light. They give you a little like hope, sunshine, right? And then they kind of leave. And then other people come and sometimes they don't give you the light, they take a, take it away. So I don't have the light. <laughs> I can't show you the light. The the reason I say that now is I have full faith, full belief that the light comes from Allah. Right? Allahu <laughs> Nur samawati wal Ard and even the dua i make this dua so often i think it's so beautiful allahumma nuran nuran tahti nuran yamini nuran shimali nuran nuran i find this dua so so beautiful because i had a dream where i felt this dua was true so this dua basically means oh allah grant me light Give me might, uh, give me nur, give me your light above me, below me, on my right, on my left. Allah, give me your light. So that is how the ignorance and arrogance is dispelled. It's with the light. And the light, it can come in the form of knowledge, right? You pick up a book, you listen to an episode, you watch a video. That, that is one type of light. Another light could be that you meet someone another light could be that you meet someone and they become your light another light could be that you actually go through a period of darkness and that darkness makes you realize what light actually is because you can contrast it so there's so many different ways light can enter your life the thing is you have to be willing to acknowledge it right to look at it so even if you especially in this covid like i wake up and the next day it seems like it's the same day right in the morning i wake up and i have my morning day pajamas and then at night i change into my evening pajamas so it's like all day i'm in pajamas and i don't feel like one day is different than the other it's it's all such a mesh and it's all just a mess and i'm just trying to get some use out of it there's some days all i do is watch tv there's some days all I do is nibble nibble and I feel like I'm rotting and then there's a few days like today where I kind of get a little spark of motivation some creativity and man do I run with it I try to get as much as I can out of it so this episode wasn't really kind of scripted I I didn't really want to write it out because I find that becomes a little kind of not real so this part to recap the ignorance and the arrogance you need to learn about your condition and i'm all about learning as an educator as a teacher i'm constantly on a path of growth and if there's one thing you can take from this video from this episode is that just have awareness about yourself right if you feel like you have mood swings that you're just really depressed, you can't get out of bed or the slightest thing makes you anxious. Um like, you know, upcoming like what's going to happen to us, especially in the USA, and as mothers, what how are we um going to deal with this, especially if you're a mother and you have kids who are home and they they're all doing virtual school and you feel like all day what you're doing is just cleaning and cooking and some of them are online some of them are running around and it's just absurd like trying to have you know a a preschooler or an elementary student try to sit all day in front of a laptop and try to have a normal class I think it's a joke right Uh, but it is what it is and I think if we can um, if you and I can just acknowledge each other's pain I think that can make all the difference I I don't have any answers for you and you might not have any answers for me but what we do have is a connection to know that hey I'm in this mess with you I'm in this COVID maze with you Uh, especially in this winter it's been gray outside for so long the sunshine comes for a little bit and then it goes away but I know this This is temporary. Guys, Like you have to remember that it is temporary. And thank God for bipolar. Because whenever I would get sick, I would do my best to remember that this episode is temporary. It's temporary. It's temporary. It'll be over. It'll be over. You know, it's like when you have a workout. If you don't know how long it is, you go crazy. But if you look at your watch and you're like, okay, five more minutes, five more minutes. It gives you hope because you know that this will be over. Right? So I want to let you know that this covid this like whatever we're going through this will be over and hopefully we can make something fun out of it and i hope this uh podcast kind of gives you a little um little oomph like a little lift it's giving me because i feel like i'm not talking to myself there's at least one of you right now who's listening so thanks for your time and inshallah my upcoming uh so every two weeks i post an episode i upload an episode on my podcast so uh one week it's a full episode then i've then the next after two weeks it's a mini one and then a full one so i alternate right some of you can have that time and you can listen to a longer one or maybe that's how you kind of roll you want something longer something more uh fulfilling like something more full and then maybe some of you who just have a couple minutes and who just kind of need a quick um, you know a quick listen a quick connection so I have those uh, mini episodes now stay tuned till the second part to hear my interview with a really good friend of mine Naz she's from the UK in London UK and she talks about her experience with her father having schizophrenia alaikum Naz. Thank you for coming on my podcast. How are you doing today? alaikum Salaam,
1: Saba. Thank you very much for inviting me. I'm very, very well, thank you. And I hope you are
0: well too. Thanks again for coming. And it's been, And uh, I know the sound quality won't be really the best, but I think that's okay for now. We just have to do with it. Okay, so you have loved ones who had mental health uh, challenges or mental illnesses? Yes, my
1: dad blessed him. He passed away a few years ago. He did. Um My mum's currently um suffering from dementia, so there's different forms of it so mm. um yes, yeah, so my father had um yes yeah, mental health issues, but they were ongoing. We grew up with um him having them from from childhood we watched him um obviously suffering with mental health issues and how we were aware of how it was controlled and hospital admissions and things obviously. And there's lots of taboo, lots of, big,
0: it's a big taboo, especially in our community and in our culture
1: about around the whole situation and people not wanting to talk about it and labelling people. So it's quite, it's quite, um, it's quite nice to be asked to talk about it in a way, just to raise awareness and to get other people talking about it as well. So obviously when it got out of control, um, yes, it got out of control. And it's, it's growing up with the, the family did experience things and watch things that were not pleasant to watch, but um, and obviously, there was help available, but the family support was not there for mm-hmm. my dad. Obviously, there's myself, and my, my siblings, and my mum. But there's extended, there was no like real support apart from going to the doctor, going to hospital. There was no um, the community was labeling, so it wasn't a very supportive um environment.
0: So, schizophrenia that's that's a very very hard mental illness you know depression mm-hmm. is kind of a l- more manageable than you have bipolar and then schizophrenia is right up there in this intensity and difficulty to treat so how did you guys deal with it if he you know he is the provider he's the father the male figure in the house how how did you guys deal with that especially considering you didn't have any community support
1: we did have an um, extended family but there were this best- not there, like physically, to support him as a such or us as such. So, um, we we, we, just, we were, we were a, a small family, and obviously we stuck together. Our dad was in and out of hospitals, and he had um, lots of medications. And he used to have a nurse used to come home every fortnight and give him a jab, and that used to sort of like control the symptoms. Mm-hmm.
0: What is and, the jab? Um, sorry, what? Oh, sorry, injection. Oh, injection. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he used
1: to give him an injection, so, and that was, um, that was used to, and obviously when things got out of hand, when he had a relapse or something, um, he'd be admitted after being assessed, so,
0: yes. Mm -hmm. So, did he always have this, or when you were born after that, he got diagnosed? uh,
1: No, he, he, dad got this when we were, I think we were in primary school, Yes. Um, so he was working prior to that, so he had you know he had a full time job and um he was a very outgoing person. He had a lovely personality, he had lots of friends. Um, he was bubbly giggly, we Looking at all photos of him. Um, yes. So mm-hmm. obviously the illness totally, totally changed his life. So um mm-hmm. he lost confidence, um he lost friends, um, he he wasn't as sociable. Um, he put weight on, so you know, lots of things
0: yeah Mm -hmm. that all sounds very familiar (laughs) even though i don't have schizophrenia with bipolar the stigma it's not very different the nature like the illness might be a little bit different but not the backlash and the symptoms of the meds um do you remember what triggered it or when it first happened how did you react like what was the the feel of your house what was going on
1: um, it was fear, really. It was fear, because obviously when someone has an attack, it was unpredictable. You know, furniture would go left and right and things would be thrown. And, um, and there's a lot of self-harm, so daddy still a lot of self-harm to himself. So um, that was frightening to, you know... It, obviously, we weren't allowed in the room He'd lock us out, but we, you could hear it, which was not nice. Um,
0: so that was nice. not nice to listen to that. And, yeah. Mm, okay.
1: Grow up with... In the, you know memories of that, so yes, that's when it got out of control.
0: Wow! And how did you deal with that, like the trauma of that? I mean, I know you're saying it was a nice, okay. but I think nice is kind of an understatement. Mm. It really is. Uh, I think with, uh, mm, with
1: myself, I I turned to comfort eating. I know from a young age. Um, when I, was, when I was about nine, I think eight or nine, I um I turned to comfort eating, and then I remember I went from being quite slim, to <laughs> putting on a lot of weight at the age of eight or nine. So, and um, then I started comfort eating, and that was my my way of dealing with it.
0: Mm-hmm. Being that if
1: you're the eldest, you have a lot more responsibility. So, I was the one that was um, speaking English, and my mum didn't speak any. And my I had younger siblings, but I was the eldest, so I had to like phone to doctors, uh, go you know to call the ambulance, or you know do be do the, be the go between so i had the responsibility so obviously um coping mechanism was comfort eating
0: mm-hmm. so that,
1: that that was one way of coping yes
0: wow that's tough for you have to be kind of just the first line responder for your dad and your family that is hard i uh-huh. think
1: it's like that in a lot of families but yes. i don't think they um they they're not given the support they're not given the um resources where to go and they're not given the there's there's no community there's no community cohesiveness when it comes to something like this we're labeled and you know that's it you're the family of the the mad person and that's the mad person and that's the family and the, the community they go around saying that well at least it was in those days um, it has got somewhat better, I think, in, you know, in these days, but still, the stigma still exists. The stigma still exists.
0: So, did the word get out in your community that your dad was going through this, or you know, there was, yes, everyone, okay. everyone, everyone how, everyone how did it get out?
1: Um, dad hospitalized, he'd lost his job, and hmm. um, yeah, so, yeah, so, uh, and obviously, our life livelihood changed because we went on to benefits and things so um there was not food was not food but money was always scarce so it it did affect and everyone everyone knew it's like bad news travels yeah news like that yes
0: so i'm i'm talking to someone right now i'm giving them support and they're family members of someone who's going through the early phases of getting um help They have a mental illness but they're just not taking medication they're not acknowledging it and they're they're spiraling out of control and of course along with that their family so what would you say to a person like that like being a loved one of someone who had a mental illness and it looks like from what you're saying your dad got great help alhamdulillah he was uh complying with his medication uh but the backlash from the community and you having to do basically all the work to um, get him to the hospital or call the ambulance or translate what would you say to the person who's not accepting their situation and to the loved ones because sometimes it's harder for the loved ones to watch um you know their dad or sister go through that and they feel really helpless and it really hurts so what do you hope like just you know with this little uh, episode what do you hope to for people to take away from this
1: talk about mental health and mental health issues in the communities that's a very good start to make to talk about it in your circles talk about it in your groups talk about it in your communities and don't give it that label be um it's, it's like someone's got a headache someone's got um a a bug someone's got a cold it's it's an illness and it has to be recognized as an illness not as a label so accepting that um you know like depression is depression is a lot more widely acknowledged i think than um something like schizophrenia or someone someone says they've got schizophrenia or someone has got schizophrenia immediately um alarm bells ring and they think so just talk about it and raise awareness and um Educate, educate your family, educate your friends, and be. If there is someone that is affected, know that there is support out there. Obviously, go and see your GP or and and get a referral um, to mental health. And once you've got the referral to mental health, you'll be assigned a mental health caseworker. And with a mental health caseworker, you should give your them, them details to your family members or your next of kin who is closest to you. So on days where you've got you're not up to scratch they can get into contact with them and obviously when your mental health caseworker comes to do a home visit which they usually do or if not a visiting clinic they usually set up a, a plan for you so in case something happens they go through the steps to implement that plan when you're feeling in a in a, in a good place when you're feeling on top of everything so there is already a plan there so if you're not well there's something that you can you know fall back on and as long as your family's aware and they've got someone to call it's like a panic button so when you've when you've got the when the person's going through this they've got they know that there's someone out there who's going to go and get them help or so that's very important when the family's not given that information it makes them very not being able to do anything makes them very helpless so the only thing they can do is, is call an ambulance and sometimes don't want to call an ambulance you don't want sirens coming down your road and probably the neighbors are watching because there's been a commotion in the house and things been thrown around hear like them screaming and shouting you don't want that you, it's, you just want and it would be nice for someone just to come you know a doctor or someone to come to do a home visit sometimes they come in normal clothes and, and without the whole shebang of an ambulance turning up and and then they, they sit with the person that's affected and they talk to them and give them you know, one-to-one counselling and calm them down and obviously persuade them to either take some medication or come to hospital or something, um, if things got like that. So it's very important to have that, um, raise that awareness and discuss it before things get to that level. But obviously before that... um, there's lots of things when the first of like symptoms depression or any kind of mental health illnesses arises is to go to your um gp go for something even um go for counseling if you don't want to go for counseling go for do anything that is not the norm that um that gets you talking to people if you're isolated go and talk to someone go and talk go to community events or where you can talk and interact with people just to Give yourself sometimes. Sometimes the problem holds Um, half is the problem solved. Shared is the problem half. So talking usually helps. But if you, like I said, if you haven't got the any the confidence to go to your GP, take a family member with you. Take a friend with you, and just go and have that conversation. And go for um some counselling if it is offered. And obviously when it's if the symptoms are so severe or um. Or if your GP um, advises, they might put you on some medications. They won't work straight away. It will take maybe up to three, four weeks for it to work. But within a couple of weeks, there will be some changes. And if it's not right, they can change it again. And sometimes it's a combination of things that's needed. It would be some counselling as well as medications. And if this, things are extreme, it would be admission as well. So it's, it depends. It depends on the situation but um awareness is the key so awareness within families talking about it talking about it within communities education especially education Mm -hmm. is
0: very very important right so we need the opposite that people who don't have someone in their family who has a mental illness they don't know anyone they're the ones who need to be spreading this awareness. This responsibility does not fall just on the person who's going through this. This responsibility responsibility falls on everyone. You know, I was uh, thinking about the Black Lives Matter and somebody was talking about how uncomfortable, you know, it is when somebody who's black and they talk about race issues. And it was a white person and the white person realized they said, I come from a place of privilege and because I feel uncomfortable about hearing that even though I'm not a racist myself but because I hear about that that shows me that I have privilege that I haven't gone through that racism and that's exactly the reason why I need to be talking about it that I need to be having these uncomfortable conversations even though if I'm not the one you know uh, so going back to the mental health even if you're not the one adding to the fuel of the stigma fire. You need to be spreading this awareness. And even if it means, you know, spreading this conversation that we're having, me and you, Naz, spreading this, that is your way of helping. Because right now, we do need to start at the education. We need to start at the awareness. And I think when, re- quote, unquote, regular people uh, who don't have any diagnosis, they're spreading this, it normalizes it. People don't see it as something taboo because they're hearing it almost from everyone. And you're right, with COVID, mental health issues have gone a lot.
1: And, and obviously with mental health, um, it, it manifests in different ways. People have developed some um, compulsive um, disorders like um, getting paranoid now about, I know people that are washing their hands repeatedly and when they come in or because of the, the, the whole situation or... Um, and, and they might say they've, you know, they've not left the house for weeks or months, or they've had one conversation with someone in so many weeks. So, and obviously it does, it does play a part in mental health, and the mental health situation is bad. That everyone, um, I think, in every household, or if not every other household, there is someone that is suffering from mental health, whether they admit it or they don't admit it, from this. Um, pandemic, there are people who might have might be overeating. They might have um, they might even be undereating. Um, they might have developed um a personality disorder. that They might not be aware of. So there's lots of different things that um, that could, the behaviour would have changed. Maybe they may may not be aware of it now, but if they sit back and compare to their old self, I mean I know people even within the own family that have only been out um a couple of times um, in mixed areas since March last year so they've been sitting at home or just going from one place to another so obviously it does affect mental health because they're not getting as much fresh air as they would like and they're not getting um, walking as much as they like and I know people from working in the community with the work i do and there's some people who um are in the the bracket where it's vulnerable and the family are not letting them out of the room they're keeping them confined to one room so imagine being confined to one room for months and months on end or coming up to a year where even Mm -hmm. the meals are brought to your room because they they think they're doing them good that they're protecting them um from this pandemic from this covid but they're not they're, they're joints they're you know they're wasting away the muscle wasting away they're not getting their exercise they're losing um muscle so and obviously the they're losing the capacity to mobilize as much as they wanted to do so it's low quality of life and again i know families that have not seen their their um, grandparents for coming up to a year so and they're living alone and they've not seen they've had no contact with anything in a different county or a different borough different parts of the country so it has it has affected mental health it has affected totally across the board totally across the board even mm-hmm. with children where children um they long to play they long to go and see someone so that they're again they're confined to doing repeated things like playing on the ipad playing on the phone watching the same cartoons again and again on television it, it's right. mental health issues there the mental health issues are across uh, across the scale across
0: all ages yeah so i think that's a good thing right now that the mental health issues are coming to light and hopefully inshallah through this we can have we can normalize it and you're right everyone is being affected uh, even me my my reaction or my coping mechanism is just to sleep and i'm so tired of sleeping so much but then i still keep doing it <laughs> <That's so funny. laughs> i will tell you i've had two
1: weeks off at just- I've just come back to come back to it today. But I had two weeks off, no work,
0: and so Naz, we're gonna wrap up. Um, do you want to share what center or organization you work with and how people can reach out? Yes, of course. Um, I work for
1: uh, a charity. It's called Social Action for Health. It's based in East London. Um, we ourselves we help and we do lots of um projects. At the moment, uh, we do a befriending project which helps um people that are lonely and, and they need someone to talk to um so they can at the moment because of the covid situation it's online so someone will be calling them on a regular basis and they become a befriender to someone for them to talk to on a regular basis and sh- share their thoughts with if english is not their first language we do have other south asian languages that our staff speaks as well so it can be in a, a different um, language as well as well as well as that we do online classes a few times a week um, where there's a mixture of men and women or women-only classes. Online via a tutor, it's a 12-week program if someone wants to lose weight. And we go through the physical things that they can do as well as the diet plan where they do either portion control or calorie control. Um, as well as that, so there's a good moves program that we do online, which is exercise. So um more exercises, simple exercises to get them moving. Moving as well, so there are some of the things that we do, as well as that. Obviously, we're combining a lot of our projects together, and we're doing launching about to launch a COVID project, so um, that's in the pipeline. So, bringing a few projects together, which will be which is very very exciting. Um, as well as that, we're doing um, genetic awareness, where we're raising um, awareness about the health inequalities, specifically in the Pakistani and the Bangladeshi population, where we've got high levels of heart disease, diabetes, and stroke. Um, we're trying to find out why it's so high specifically in this ethnicity and we're taking saliva specimens for a search only five about five ml um donation of saliva people make once in their lifetime and we're doing that as well so um we're out in various communities taking that but because of the covid situation
0: that's all come to a halt but we're hoping to start that up again um
1: soon via a different format so that's some of the work that we're doing so it's um lots of um community work lots of community engagement and raising awareness as well
0: i want to thank you so much for coming thank Was you it...
1: very much for having oh, okay. me
0: um okay. it's an honor thank you okay. much very much yeah. for your time well, um, you. i know you're very busy no i'm not <laughs> no <And>, um... <laughs> <laughs> let me see. i'm not i'm just busy sleeping <laughs> <laughs> oh, enjoy <Sorry>. enjoy <laughs> thank you again naz and uh maybe we no, you can ma, come on no. again inshallah maybe post covid yes. and tell me how people have improved or coped
1: inshallah
0: i am a chatterbox though i do forgive okay. me for that <laughs> no, no i like chatterboxes <laughs> all right take care naz take care assalamualaikum as-salam. if you found this beneficial if you got something from me please please share um uh, please subscribe to my youtube channel please give it a thumbs up please download my episodes all these little um things that you do they might feel like meaningless and they might feel like every youtuber and podcaster asks you to do it uh but it is something that is very big for me all right thanks for watching thanks for listening inshallah see you in my next episode assalamu alaikum